I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the immigration debate continues uh, to be a hot topic here in the United States and especially in Washington, D.C. But, you know, our economy owes a lot of its success to immigrants. A new report now shows that immigrants are responsible for a majority, a majority of America's top startups. But many of these entrepreneurs are leaving the country. Why? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. This is a, a crucial conversation. We have uh, immigrants, of course, being responsible for a majority of Americans' top startups, and yet many of these folks can't stay in the country. And what is going on there? Uh, Fiona Harrigan's the assistant editor at Reason and always helps us uh, sort through all of the malaise of a lot of the immigration rhetoric. And, uh, Fiona, this is another one of those that is just fascinating to me. Uh, that you've written about today, 55% of America's top startups were founded by immigrants. Uh, so where are we and why is it that so many of them are actually having to leave the country? Yeah, so to lay a little bit of the groundwork, I think we should talk about some of the research that's been going on, on uh, in terms of immigrant entrepreneurship. Um, so a big top line is that immigrants are 80% more likely than native-born Americans to found a company. Uh, the Cato Institute recently did some research finding that immigrants on balance are job makers, not job takers. And then there was this recent report from the National Foundation for American Policy uh, which indicates this this point that you're making, Boyd, about how uh, 55% of the privately held startups valued at a billion or more so-called unicorn companies have been founded by immigrants. And it's, it's really staggering, right? That's 319 out of 582 unicorn companies. Uh, and if you expand it to people who are the children of immigrants, it's over two-thirds were founded or co-founded by immigrants or the children of immigrants. So it's really, really striking, especially since uh, America's population is only 14 percent foreign-born. So there's this very disproportionate contribution. Um, but to strike at that other point that you mentioned, it's extremely difficult for these people, one, to get into the country in the first place to found their startups and pursue their entrepreneurial ventures but also to stay here and that a lot of the pathways that are offered to them are very temporary. Yeah. And that's, uh, that is the thing that just drives me bananas is again, you have people who are not taking jobs as you pointed out, Fiona, but are creating jobs or so they're job creators. Uh, and yet they often end up in what I think is the worst place of all. It's they're in this perpetual state of uncertainty uh, of, can they extend one more time? Can they file this? Or there's a year process for that. Uh, and so we just seem to be caught in this uncertainty, which, of course, for entrepreneurial companies is the worst thing, uh, is to not have certainty in terms of what you're doing and, and where you're doing it. Uh, so so what's the path? What are the conversations we should be having, especially in Congress, uh, to correct some of these things? 
There are a couple of things that are really important from a legislative perspective right now, and it's really stark in, in the face of how slow Congress has been to pass any meaningful immigration reform. Uh, you would think that this would be one of the more bipartisan immigration issues. The, you know, it's high-skilled people coming in to directly contribute to the American economy. You can add all sorts of provisions to ensure that people have a track record, right? So you can say, well, you have to prove that you have a track record of entrepreneurship and securing grants, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of those provisions have been included in broader legislation uh, this past year, but they've eventually been uh, just cut from that legislation before passage. Uh, things like uh, allowances for immigrants with doctoral degrees to come to the country, uh, for people with ownership interests in startups to be able to come here more easily. Uh, but even those have proven very controversial in this, this polarized Congress where immigration is so controversial. The Biden administration uh, relaunched this program called the International Entrepreneur Parole Program. Um, and that is it's a temporary status, right, that wouldn't allow these entrepreneurs to have certainty in staying here. But even that seems to have stalled. And there are a lot of legal firms that are essentially advising their clients that it's not an open option just yet. So we're really in limbo. And it's mm. especially concerning given that the U.S. economy is still recovering. And this is something that could really help us recover and prosper. Yeah, there's no question that what we need more, <laughs> we need more entrepreneurial companies, not less. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those who believes uh when it comes to our foreign policy, the best thing we have is entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs ultimately drive freedom all around the world. Uh, and while we often tend to focus on uh, military things and uh, dumping money into into companies to prop up little democracies, it, it's that ability to support entrepreneurs that really drives it. And it's been that way in our country from the beginning. I mean, as for, for all we talk of the founding fathers being the, the great, wise and noble, they were – they were really a bunch of entrepreneurs who were tired of being overtaxed and overregulated and, and wanted to create uh, in their businesses. And and so if you want to talk to me about the the risk, obviously in the middle of, a, of we can call it a recession or whatever people want to use for the term of the day today. Uh, but what is the role going to be in terms of entrepreneurship, these businesses, and particularly those founded by immigrants? I really think more than anything, innovation is the, the driver of culture, not politics. And it's, mm. it's really concerning that we're kind of rejecting innovation when it's, it's so clearly knocking at our door. And I think an, another thing that's really important to keep in mind is that there are 30 countries with their own devoted startup visas. And, and these have varying levels of success and, and optimization, obviously. But for us not to have a category, it means we're really losing out in a market where there is already competition for foreign talent. And if we don't really position ourselves to be the major destination for entrepreneurial people, then we're going to be overtaken. And that's a really concerning thought and something that we should be very seriously debating right now. Yeah, I, I love that thought of uh, innovation drives culture, not politics. And and I think when it comes to the strategy that follows, I, I always say that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so all these other <laughs> strategies and tactical things that we talk about from a policy standpoint, they really do pale in comparison to that innovation, which happens to also be something unique in our country that we can actually drive and, and helping immigrants be able to do that with confidence so that they're not looking to other places around the world who are surely going to invite them to come in uh, if it just becomes too complicated, too complex, too cumbersome to do it here in the U.S. Absolutely. I think it's a major debate that needs to happen and, and one that 
is very urgent given that the midterms are coming up and it's going to be a new Congress. So these debates are all going to start anew. And I'm, I'm honestly very concerned about the progress that's been made. It's been minimal. And I would love to see more people coming here and being given the chance to, to prosper and help us prosper. Yeah, exactly. And it is. It's that uh, it's the ultimate in win-win scenarios. And uh, Fiona, we always appreciate your perspective, especially relating to immigration and the value uh, it is in our society, in our culture, in our businesses and in our economy. Uh, Fiona Harrigan is the assistant editor at Reason. Uh, great perspective, great writing, as always. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So some great stuff there from Fiona. I always love talking to her because she always makes me think uh, a little deeper and a little bit different angle when it comes to immigration. Uh, And I love this idea that especially as we look at these uh, people who are here as immigrants, who are having great success in these unicorn startups, these really unique, powerful drivers of innovation. And yet many of them are facing all of this uncertainty that they can't stay in the country. That's not good for anybody. And so, again, these are not job takers. These are job creators. We should be welcoming job creators into this country and creating a path with some certainty. And that's the discussion that Fiona is talking about that she's worried is not happening. And that's the conversation we got to make sure gets happening in our nation's capital because there are solutions and there's so much agreement on so much of this. We've got to get both sides to quit using immigration as a wedge issue. Start using it as a solution issue, especially because it will help with the economy, jobs, and prosperity for everyone. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.